Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, let's do this podcast for 07. Kurt Mortensen here, my maximizers. Welcome to Maximize Your Influence. The skills, the traits, the characteristics, the mindset, the things we should have learned in school all in one place. As we take a deep dive today on mastering that mindset, how do you create that successful mindset to sell, to persuade, to negotiate, to take your life and your income to the next level? Taking a little break, did a few webinars, not like last time where I was doing eight hours a day for, was it eight out of 10 days? Crazy Zoom fatigue. We'll be glad when that is all over. Do prefer the face-to-face. Hope everyone's having a great week achieving their goals and persuading others how they want to be persuaded. Let's kick it off with the persuasion blunder. Homer. Don't, don't, don't. So, with a friend, going to lunch, low on gas, pulls into a gas station, pulls out the handy debit card, puts it in the machine, and it says, see the cashier. (laughs) Okay? And this was one of those streets that had many gas stations, and so instead of seeing the cashier, which probably maybe would have been a little quicker, I guess, depending on the line, my friend knew it wasn't the card's fault. He'd just use it. There was plenty of money, so he just drove to the next gas station and used it there. Now, why is that a blunder? Because that extra step, we've talked about this, when there's an extra step, an extra something, something, an extra roadblock, it decreases compliance and people say no. That's why some retail, believe it or not, will not put their store, if you have to go over a bridge or over a road track to get there, because they're convinced in the mind of some people that's an extra step. It's a little further away. And we know this to be true on your website, that extra step, that extra field decreases compliance. That's why Amazon has Amazon one click. You click on it, bought, ship, build, wrap, done with one click. Even to you, it seems meaningless. It shouldn't be a big deal. It might be a big deal to your consumer, to the person you're trying to persuade. So reduce the steps, make it easier, both physically and mentally in the mind of your prospect. The example we've talked about before was at the gym, right? The powder potion smoothie guy needed some help increasing sales on smoothie. Well, extra step, make it easy. How can you make it easy? Well, prove your worth with a sample. That extra step of going out to your car for your purse or wallet, put them on account, order on the way in, bill them once a month, make it part of their membership, Take the order before they shower, go out the car, take it out the car for them. Whatever you do, make it simple, make it easy, physically and mentally, and you will be a better persuader. And now it's time for the geeky, scarly article. From New York University, the National Academy of Sciences, Dr. Candice Rao talks about the cost of self-control. They are trying to see what measure we would take so we wouldn't have to exert self-control. You know, when that brownie's staring at you, that bowl of ice cream staring at you, how much you could pay to get rid of it versus just staring at it. Now, on a side note, I do remember talking about a study on the podcast where 
Even candy. Is it on your desk in a bowl? Is it in your drawer? Is it across the room? Is it in the break room? Is it out in your car? Every single one of those makes it easier to resist candy. When it's in a bowl in your desk, you're going to eat a lot more than if it's in another room. And so people instinctively know the more difficult you make it, the easier it is to exercise that self-control. So this study, they were able to determine the price people are willing to pay to eliminate that self-control, to make it easier. Now, that depends on the levels of temptation. Are you a brownie person, an ice cream person? Are you a chocolate person? Are you a vanilla person? And stress levels. Now, we all know that self-control requires psychological effort, or what they call in the study cognitive costs. So they looked at this. The researchers got the experiments out, got people that were dieting, and found out what food tempted them. And they would tempt them with this food. I mentioned chocolate brownie. That was one of them. Put it in front of them for 30 minutes, staring at them. I know brownies don't have eyes, but it seems like it's staring at you. Eat me. I'm a brownie. This is good. (laughs) They were willing to pay money for the person to get rid of the brownie so they wouldn't have to exercise self-control. And they did find, obviously, the more tempting the food to that person the more they're willing to pay to avoid exerting that self-control. Kind of interesting, a few takeaways here. Let me add to this. First of all, the harder it is or more further away it is, or it's not even in the house, the easier it is to exercise that self-control. The second one that I found interesting in the study is stress. We've talked about this because your self-control, your willpower, as we know, we've talked about before, is like a battery inside you. Every time you resist it drains a little bit. So if you keep resisting with that brownie in front of you, eventually your willpower battery will be drained and you're going to eat the brownie, right? Just like after a hard day, you've been eating well, you get home, nobody's there, your willpower battery's drained, you eat the whole thing of ice cream, nobody loves you, nobody cares, right? We've all been there because we're not aware that our willpower battery is drained. And the other important thing with the study is stress, Stress levels, the more stress you have, the faster that willpower battery drains, the less willpower you have. So controlling stress, controlling those temptations, keeping your willpower battery charged is all part of that success and things that we need to do to keep our goals, to stay on track, and to realize that we're human and we have to play the human game. And part of that is realizing what drains our willpower battery. Number one, number two, realizing it's drained, and number three, finding a way to recharge it. Everyone's a little bit different. Maybe it's throwing the brownie out the window, reducing stress, exercise, sleep, meditation, watching something funny. You fill in the blank there, decide what works for you. And that's our geeky, uh, scarly article. So now it's time for... Listener email. Oh boy! And remember, use your email on the show. You get access to influenceuniversity.com, the gold level. There's also a free version there if you want to check it out for the advanced influence tools. This is Phil from Tucson, Arizona. Kurt, you're one of the top two sales trainers I've ever had. One of the big reasons you focus on mindset and actual persuasion tools. The other one on my list is Tony Robbins. Well, thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. I do like Tony. He's got some great trading material. 
And Tony and I go way back, although our paths didn't cross early on. We both had Jim Rohn as a mentor, and we both sold Jim Rohn seminars early in our career. Kind of an overlap there. He says, I received an email from Tony about the mindset of a successful salesperson. I know you go over it in Millionaire Psychology. Please let me know your thoughts on his lists. Love getting feedback from my mentors. Appreciate your work, and I'm persuading with power. All right, Phil, thanks. Let's get into that successful mindset, the psyche of anybody, a salesperson, a persuader, a leader, a manager, critical. I've always compared it to your computer, the software to your computer. It doesn't matter how great your hardware is if you don't have the right software. So, Phil, let's take a look at it. Because Tony and I are on the same page. He says that success in life is 80% psychology, mindset, and 20% mechanics. Now, especially true for salespeople, because many of you are on straight commission. You know you earn what you feel you're worth. You probably heard in sales that sales is the easiest, lowest paying job and the hardest, highest paying job. I mean, you can decide what you earn. Because if you're in sales, you have to stay on track. There's rejection, there's the meanness, there's the hangups, there's the sense of failure. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen throughout the day. The cold calling, that person that was so close, I went with another company. And we go down the list. You know what I'm talking about. So staying on track is critical. That's what makes a great salesperson. So let's go down the list and I'll add my thoughts. First one is to be genuine. I agree. Genuine is a word that gets thrown around, and I'll add authentic, sincere. And they talk about sharing your passion with those that are around you. Passion and purpose. You love your product. You have a good reputation. And you're doing what you love. You're selling what you love. And there's a lot of truth to that. I'll add to this, being a product of the product, you're doing what you're asking other people to do. You are using the product Even as a leader, you're doing what you're asking other people to do. You're passionate about it. And passion, more than anything else, recruit the hearts and minds of your audience. When people really know that you're passionate about your product, that you have purpose, you really believe in what you're doing, you're genuine, you're authentic, I will agree with it. It's very difficult to stay on track to sell something you really don't truly believe in and that you're passionate about. Now, if you're trying to persuade people to do what you really aren't doing yourself, you're not passionate about, that's difficult. You've got to find lives that were changed, reasons to be passionate about it. Educate yourself a little bit more or maybe find something else to do. Because when you have that purpose and that passion, you're driven. You don't need an alarm clock to wake yourself up in the morning. It's easier to handle a little rejection, a few no's, a few negative comments, because you know you're making a difference. You're changing lives and you're helping other people solve their problems. I'll agree with that one, definitely. The next one is always be connecting. Well, that goes with ABC, always be closing, which I sort of agree with. I mean, closing's good. You should always be persuading, but the reality is you should help them close themselves. I mean, when you get to the close, it should be easy. What I'm saying is, if you've done everything wrong, a clever phrase is not going to persuade them. But let's talk about the connecting part. Customers buy from people they like. I agree, building the rapport, working on your people skills, persuading them how they want to be persuaded, learning to smile, learning to remember their names, showing respect, having good manners, good eye contact. I mean, you know the drill. 
And if you think you've arrived in your people skills, think again. This is one we can always work on. You're always connecting. People buy from people they like. In fact, I was coaching a CEO of a large company, but they were working on this big deal, and they had narrowed it down to company A and company B between the two, one of them they needed to go with. The companies were relatively the same. The product was about the same. The cost was about the same, and they went with company B. Why'd you go with company B? And he thought about it for a second. He says, well, I liked them better. (laughs) Okay, so this is huge. Getting people to like you, building their poor, and not just doing the golden rule, let me add. You're doing the platinum rule. Hopefully you've heard that before. You treat people how they want to be treated. Next piece is create solutions. I like the quote here. You're not a seller of products. You're a seller of solutions. That people don't need more stuff, but they want more time, more energy, more productivity, more money. Pick one that your product fulfills or your service and realize that you're there to solve a problem, a challenge. And if you could show them how they're going to make more money, save money, time, energy, whatever it is, that you can solve their problem. Let me add to this, that you understand their problem. They know that you understand your problem. You get it. And then you provide the solution. You put those pieces together. Then I'll agree. So I agree on the solutions. But let me add to that, that they need to feel that you understand their problem. You feel their pain. Then you can provide the solution, which is your product or service. Next one is know your X factor. They say you don't need to know every fact, statistic, and possible object into your product, but you do need to know what makes your product totally different. That would be the X factor. Well, I'm kind of in the middle of that first part. You don't need to know every fact, statistic, and a possible objection. The more you know, the better. I agree on the side that you don't want to be vomiting every fact and statistic every time you talk to somebody, but knowing those and understanding those and being the expert and having those in your back pocket when you need those, I'll shift a little bit on that one. But I'll agree 100%. You need to know what differentiates you from your competition, what they call the X factor, what makes you different, unique. And I'll agree with that. But part of that is spending the time to understand everything about your product or service. Yeah, Maybe not everything. But if it's going to come up in a conversation, you probably should know it. But that's also really understand your competitors, the industry, the market, and spending time being the expert. And I'll add to that, it should be part of your 30 minutes a day, your personal development. Sure, learning persuasion skills, sales skills, mindset, people skills, all important. But you also need to spend some time understanding your product more, your industry, your competitors. Take time to really understand your X factor or how you are different or what makes your product or service unique. All right, next one here, build resilience. Realizing you won't be successful 100% of the time, that failure is part of success, that there'll be obstacles to opportunities, that you need that inner strength, that resilience, or deep belief in yourself so nothing could hold you back. I'll agree. I mean, learning to overcome failure, rejections, hurdling those obstacles, And I'll add, you know, not taking rejection personally. I'll add to working on that optimism, that true optimism where, you know, you're going to hit some brick walls. You're going to get hit with a few bricks, (laughs) but you know, eventually you're going to get there. Things are going to work out. Eventually someone's going to say yes to yourself. That's the resilience that we're looking for. Easier said than done. And again, not taking that no personally. 
what do they say? Some will, some won't. So what? Who's next? That's part of the process. And that comes with time, developing that thick skin, not taking it personally. So I'll agree to that, added a few more, but definitely that resilience can make a huge difference in a successful sales mindset. Couple more here, adopt empowering habits. Talk about daily habits and a morning ritual starts the day off right. Healthy eating, exercise, having good energy, having goals, practicing gratitude, and taking a look at your habits. Quite a good list there. So let me tackle some of those. Uh, habits, absolutely. All your habits will either get you closer or further from your goals. Having that energy to face a rejection is part of eating and exercising. Agree. Goals, agree on that one. It's always good to have gratitude. Get those empowering habits. Let me add to one thing there, the morning ritual. Just having a few victories in the morning. For some, that's making your bed. For some, that might be 10 push-ups. I've been testing out the cold shower, right? Cold shower for 60 seconds. Just a little victory, a little something-something. It could be walking around the block. But if you could start off the day with the ritual, a few victories, that can make a huge difference in your habits, in your mindset, in your ability to start the day off running. Now, here's one I had forgotten about. This is what their final one. Commit to Canny, C-A-N-I. And that stands for constant and never-ending improvement. The best salespeople know they're never done learning and growing. They take every opportunity to feed their minds. They learn from others and gain new skills. Then you become unstoppable. Oh, I'm a big believer in that. As you know, you're on the podcast, you're listening, you're always learning, you're always growing a big part of your success. That's what I mentioned earlier, 30 minutes a day. Podcasts, books, mentors, coaches, take another top salesperson out to lunch, pick their brains, take a millionaire to lunch, whatever you need to do, because what you don't know will hurt you. And the challenge is everyone's like, oh, I'll figure it out on my own. I can do this. You're smart enough to do that. You just don't have the time to do that. Why take two or three years to figure it out on your own when you can read a book? You can talk to a mentor. You can work with a coach. You can read the book. Someone's already figured it out. That's the shortcut. Learning and growing every day. Look at your weaknesses. Coach, mentor, podcast, books. They're all out there. Again, taking someone out to lunch. I've talked to a lot of top producers and it's very rare Someone has taken them to lunch to pick their brain to find out what they did to get where they are. What are the shortcuts? Ask them. They're more than happy to tell you. But very few people ask them. So I'll add that element to that, Phil. That's a good list. I agree. Added my two cents to some of those. But hey, good list from Tony Robbins. Thanks for sending it out to me. You get the free gold version, Influence University. That's at influenceuniversity.com. If you want to reach me, you can go to maximizeyourinfluence.com. There's a contact us page there. That's also the home to get the new edition of Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. And the new IQ. In the past, I've done Persuasion IQ to see where you rank. Now we're doing Presentation IQ. Ten quick questions to see if you're a presenter or a persuader, if you're an influencer or an informer. One of those vomiters. Get your assessment, see where you rank. And I'll give you my free webinar on the perfect persuasive presentation, which includes the template on how to map out, this is based on thousands of presentations, how to map out that perfect persuasive presentation. 
and how to convince others with charisma. Check it out at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's our podcast today. So please tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. We're on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio under Maximize Your Influence. But come on, people, take something you've learned or relearned today, use it, apply it, become a better negotiator, get a better mindset, be more successful, and go out and persuade with power.